Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, March 20th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. First day of spring. Starting to feel like it. Woke up, it was cold. It's going to be a nice day today, though. It's going to be 70 later this week here in the capital city of Ohio. So spring has sprung. Steve and I are going to do a deep dive on Ohio State's offensive line for 2023 on today's show. We'll finish up talking some hoops, but I want to do a deep dive on the O-line. Steve, I don't remember... Ohio State losing this much high-end talent off an offensive line in one year as far as the draft is concerned. Like Paris Johnson Jr. is a lock for the first round. From everything we're reading, it sounds like Dewan Jones is probably a lock for the second round. And then Luke Whipler is going to be taken on the second day at some point, if not the second round, which he's getting a lot of second-round buzz. Third round at the worst. Now, 2013, they lost a ton of talent that should have been drafted higher. But think about it. Jack Muhort was a second-round pick that year. Uh, Corey Lindsley was a fifth-round pick, even though he should have been much higher. Um, he's being paid like he's a, a, a first-round pick. Um, and then Andrew Norwell wasn't even drafted. Marcus Hall wasn't even drafted. So they lost a lot of talent off that 2013 line. But, man, they're losing a lot of talent off this 2022 line. We'll, we'll talk about who's going to fill in as the starters in a minute. But your thoughts on losing those three guys. I can't remember an Ohio State team losing three offensive linemen like of that quality in one year. Yeah, it's been a while. I think you make a very good point. And uh, for Justin Fry going into his second year as the offensive line coach at Ohio State, he's going to have a busy spring and and really a busy preseason trying to put that thing together so that the standards do not slip. Everything is on the offensive line because I think the quarterback is going to be fine. And certainly we know the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends are all going to be fine. But it's the offensive line that really needs to pull through for this team. And that means being able to run the ball on third and two and get the first down when you need to and pass protect, you know, any other time and protect the backside of this young quarterback so that they have the confidence to step up in the pocket and deliver the ball on time to this great receiving core that they've got. So to me, uh, this is job number one, two, three, and four this spring is making sure that not only do they have bodies to fill all five of these spots, but they have potentially all big 10 players, you know, to fill most of these spots because that's the standard at Ohio state anymore. You talk about Iowa and Wisconsin being offensive line. You well, very quietly, Ohio state has started to stock the uh, national football league with any number of guys who have played, you know, three, four, five, eight years, whatever in the NFL, as you kind of touched on. And I think that uh, certainly the three guys that they're losing, I would think Lindsley or geez, Lindsley, you said Lindsley and I got Lindsley on the brain. Whipler, the center uh, to me is a guy that could be a five to eight year, you know, type guy in the NFL, maybe longer depending on how he sticks. Is he center? Is he a guard? We'll see. He's got the experience to play center. I think Dewan Jones, obviously, at, at 6'8", 350, 360 pounds. In some regards, he's a novelty, but he's worked so hard on his agility that, you know, he's no longer just a novelty. He's pretty nimble for a guy that big. And is he going to pass, pass the test of time? I mean, are speed rushers like the Bosa's? and others going to exploit him a little bit in some situations. That's going to be uh, – maybe he'd be a perfect right tackle, just as he was at Ohio State. And then Paris Johnson, Jr., 
you know, I'm a Browns person. I don't think he's going to end up with the Browns. Uh, Cincinnati would have been a perfect place for him, although they just signed uh, Orlando Brown, I guess. But uh, to me, uh, Cincinnati kid going home to play for the Bengals, you know, as Sam Hubbard did. And not only that, Dave, going to play about 15 years in the National Football League, I think, Paris Johnson. So I think that uh, you're losing three really good, you know, in the case of Johnson, great. Case of the other two, really, really good. And, uh, man, it's it's going to be a long spring trying to sort through who needs to take over at those spots. I have Paris Johnson Jr. pegged for the Bears at nine. I think that would be perfect. You get Justin Fields. You know, you get his uh, big uh, left tackle there at pick number nine after they made that what I thought was a great trade with the Panthers. Maybe they'll take the Northwestern kid, Skronsky, but I think um, Paris Johnson Jr. would look good uh, – Covering for Justin Fields in his blind spot. All right, so let's look at the replacements. Josh Fryer is going to be the left tackle. We know that. By the way, for everybody out there, spring ball resumes tomorrow. Um, we'll have interviews. Practice is not open to the media, but we will have interviews uh, after practice tomorrow. So spring ball resumes tomorrow. They were off last week for spring break, as I'm sure most of you know. So, Steve, Josh Fryer at left tackle. I think we can pen him in, put him in Sharpie unless he gets hurt. Now, the other positions are more interesting. Center and right tackle are very interesting to me this spring. Who's going to replace Whipler? Is it going to be Vic Cutler, the transfer from Louisiana Monroe, who's already here? Fourth-year guy with two years of eligibility left and play all over the line, but he's not going to be a left tackle at Ohio State at 6'3". He's, he's repping at center. So is redshirt freshman Carson Hinsman, guy they got out of Wisconsin last year, four-star. Uh, I like him. Um, and then Jacob James is missing spring, but you know he was the backup center last year. So you got those three guys. And then – um, at right tackle, it's a nice battle between Tegra Shabola and Zen Mahalski. I think Zen was getting the first team reps when we were out there a couple weeks ago, but it was hard to tell. Um, but I know they like both those guys. So get into that. The, the three starters that are the new starters, who do you think is going to win that job at center? Who do you think is going to win the job at right tackle? And how confident are you in Josh Fryer at left tackle? I like Fryer a lot. Fryer followed kind of the Donovan Jackson plan that he was like the designated sixth lineman a lot of times. And then when there was a game when somebody missed, I think he stepped in and started and they moved some people around, I think, a little bit. So uh, I really like Fryer. I think that uh, having that little bit of playing time and it was important for him to get his feet wet this past year. And now he's ready to go at left tackle. He's been through some injury issues in the past, but I do believe he's going to be the durable guy at left tackle. No question about it. I like Victor Cutler, and here's why. He's played more college football than anybody they have on the roster on the offensive line. When you talk about a guy that started two or three years there at Louisiana, was it Louisiana Monroe? Yep. Is that what it was? Yep. And he's from Monroe, Louisiana, so he was a hometown guy. And uh, in that time, they've played a couple major college teams every year, a couple SEC teams. And when I watched his tape playing tackle against Alabama, looked like he belonged. You know, you sit there and you watch an entire game and you say, Victor Cutler did his job. I mean, they lost 40 to 10 or whatever the score was. But, you know, Victor Cutler was taking care of his business. So, um, to me, uh, I think he's a guy that that brings that experience level that I've I've been there. I've played against the best of the best, even though – he was, you know, predominantly playing a, a Sun Belt schedule, I suppose. But uh, I think 
that he is a guy that that is going to come in and potentially even be a leader. It looked like to me he came in the first day and was pointing this out and had the ball in his hands and looked really comfortable and uh, just seemed like he was mixing right in. Like, you know, for a kid like that, we talk about on these shows a lot of times, this is a contract year for guys like JT Tui Malo, Allen Jack Sawyer. It's a contract year for Victor Cutler. If he plays really well in one season at Ohio State, he may get drafted and play in the NFL somewhere, somehow. So this is an important opportunity for that kid, and he is taking it very seriously. So uh, Hensman, man, he's got a great body. Wow. He he looks straight out of central casting. If you said, Ohio State offensive lineman, go. I would say Carson Hensman, yes. Sign me <laughs> like up. Yeah. Is this his year, though? I don't know. Is he there to provide support? Is he there to get ready for the future? I don't know. But I think if all if push came to shove and he wins the job this spring, that wouldn't surprise me either because I think he's got tremendous upside. Then out there at right tackle, you brought up Tegra Tashbola and uh, Zim Mahalski. I like both of them. I just haven't seen enough yet under the gun, under fire of either of them. Neither of them really played much this past year, if at all. I mean, a few plays here or there, not much at all. I don't think Tashbola did he – I don't believe he redshirted. I'm not sure. I think he, so, I think he did. He may have. Maybe, maybe they kept him under the four-game – I could be wrong, though. Let's find out in real time. If I I'm, think they may have know. kept him under the threshold. Under the three? Let's see what we got here with Big Tegra. By the way, he's. I keep looking at 67. He's taking over Paris Johnson's. Yes, he did redshirt. He's at four Good. years of eligibility left. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I like those guys. I just want to see more. And it's going to be determined over the test of time. It's not going to be determined, you know, looking at names on a sheet of paper. It's, you know. You're going to have 50, 60 scrimmage reps today. You better go, you know, do, you know, grade out. You better, you know, grade out a winning performance. It, there's a big scrimmage this coming Saturday they're going to have. And that's when you're going to know if if, if Jack Sawyer or JT Tui Malowa are leaking through from the right side and, and one guy's a problem, then he isn't going to be the starter. So, you know, you just have to uh, to put it through the test of time. And I think Justin Fry will, you know, his track record speaks for itself. So I think uh, he'll find, I thought the offensive line played much better uh, this past year than it did the previous year. But, you know, some of that was Dewan Jones growing up. I mean, uh, you know, Michigan the year before really took him to task. And uh, I thought that uh, he grew up. And uh, I think that, that Fry, you know, was a part of that, certainly. And obviously his previous teaching with Greg Studrawa probably as well. But uh, I think that uh, Fry giving him a blank canvas here, I think he's going to paint something pretty good by the end of the spring. Yeah, and you had mentioned, you know, last year Josh Fryer played the role that Donovan Jackson played the previous year. You know, so I think whoever loses the battle at right tackle, I think it's safe to say, whether that's Zen Mahalski or whether that's Tegra, they'll be, be that, that, sixth, that sixth man, that swing tackle. They you know, Enoch Vermahe's played a lot of football there too, and you just wonder – you know, the guard spots, you know, what's going to happen there. They've got, you know, those those seem to be in great shape with Jackson and Matthew Jones. But, you know, does Enoch Vamahi do a position change somewhere to throw his name in here? Because he's played a little bit of football and he's a veteran. And, you know, time's running out for some of these guys. And, 
you know, you get down the line with a trail of Rue, um, uh, Grant, it was a Grant Tutant. Uh, you know, you got several of these guys that are going in their third or even fourth year on scholarship and haven't played. You know, the, the moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you got you gotta you gotta engage, you gotta make an inroad at some point, or you know, it, it may be time for some of these guys, if they're not in the too deep after their third or fourth year, to you know, hit the highway. So uh, I guess we'll find out after this spring where that all stands. Yeah, you mentioned it. I, mean, I was going to ask you about Enoch Vamahi and some of these backups who can step up. We mentioned whoever loses the right tackle battle, they can provide depth. Whoever loses the center battle can provide depth. Um, Vamahi, trying to think of other guys. I mean, some of those guys that you mentioned, like Trey LaRue, Tuton entering their fourth year, Ben Christman's entering his third year. I mean, they got one of those guys has got to provide depth. They don't and need the all issue, three of them. You know, let's yeah. go ahead. Yeah, the issue is those are stud guys. They're not – Fry didn't recruit those guys. Right. And I'm not saying he's going to dump on them. You know, you got to play the best players. That's the thing. And at some point, you got to justify your existence as well. And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not down on the scout team and you're a third-team offensive lineman in your fourth year at Ohio State, you know, what are you, what are you accomplishing? So – you know. what, what exactly is it that you do here? Uh, yeah. The famous line from Office Space. <laughs> yeah, what, what is it exactly that you do here? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right, let, so we'll see. Hopefully this offensive line um, can make strides because if, if the offensive line can be good, this offense will be, again, one of the best in the country. We'll see what happens. All right, basketball. Um, let's look ahead real quick to uh, Ohio State next season and what you expect. Hey, let yeah. me let me throw in one proviso. Yeah. I don't forget. Yes. 4 p.m. today, ESPN, the mothership, third seed Ohio State, right. sixth seed North Carolina for a spot in the Sweet 16. They want to go for the second straight year, and it would be out to the Seattle Regional, and they would play the winner of UConn and somebody that plays later tonight. UConn's the two seed, so I think it's the seventh seed. Whoever it is, it's immaterial. It'll be it'll be UConn, G Gino Ariema, you know. And then you get them if you win this game. Uh, and they owe North Carolina. They played North Carolina in the tournament uh, with Kelsey Mitchell. I think maybe her first or second year, and they lost like a two point game down at Chapel Hill back in like 2015. So that was a, a number of years ago. But uh, Kevin McGuff probably hasn't forgotten it. They want and they got the team. I mean. They came back from down 16 to James Madison the other day. You can't fall behind early today against North Carolina on home court at Value City Arena. If you're in Columbus looking for something to do today, get to the shot, 4 o'clock start. So that's my PSA for women's basketball today. Uh, should be a really exciting game. I'm glad you threw it in there. I was watching uh, Saturday's game. Fortunately, I missed – I turned it on like at halftime, so I missed like all the, the terrible – the bad part. I mean, I guess it shot I like 25% in the first half, Dave. It was not watchable. And then the second half was fantastic. And the shot yeah. was rocking. Again, I was just watching it on TV and it was rocking. I'm thinking, if you were there, yeah. I mean, they're a fun team to watch. I think women's basketball has come a long way in 20 years. Like, uh, you know, name, name the year, but like roughly 20 years. I mean, it's a fun brand of basketball. That's like Nolan Richardson from Arkansas back in the day. It's 40 minutes of hell. They're going to – you know this better than I. They're going to press you. They're going to trap you. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to run. They've got some fun players on that team. They're fun to watch. All right, Ohio State men next year. Talk to me. Um, what are your expectations? And then talk to me about maybe some of the incoming freshmen. Like, can Devin Royal, Ohio's Mr. Basketball, 
who's now going to be playing for a state championship at Pick Central, going back to back, trying to go back to back after their thrilling win over. Or have they? Has that already been decided? They win it, Pick Central. No, they lost last night in the championship game to Akron Hoban, six point loss. I saw they it beat Centerville. That's right. I forgot that they do back to back. I saw they beat Centerville on they Saturday. They beat Centerville, which was kind of like Mount Everest. And then you had to climb another mountain. And Akron Hoban was uh, was really good last night. They um, they outplayed Pick Central uh, one through five. Uh, Royal was in a tough matchup, and uh, they got very physical with him. And uh, his supporting cast provided no support. It, where they did against Centerville, the other guys stepped up and hit clutch shots. The only clutch shots that were hit yesterday were all by Akron Hoban. Uh, Pick Central just could not uh, support him. He had 15 points and eight rebounds. He was 5 of 15 from the floor. Uh, he missed his first three shots. He was settling for some uh, uh, outside shots early, then got closer to the basket, made a few, and, and you know, it just didn't roll his way yesterday, and they were unable to repeat. But I am not down on Devin Royal one bit. Uh, in the semifinal game, he played outstanding. I believe he had 22 points and eight or nine rebounds in that game, and they beat Centerville in a nut cruncher by four points. And uh, people, you know, want to know, how does he compare? You know, he's not Malachi Branham. He's not a two-guard that has that kind of uh, uh, versatility or athletic ability. Uh, like EJ Liddell, he's great mid-range jump shot guy. Uh, he's not as big as Bryce Sensenball. Sensenball was 6'7", 230, 240. I think that uh, Royal is 6'6", 6'7", and 210. But he can get inside and finish plays around the rim and has great positioning and a great feel for the game. And he can get you a basket if you need. And I think depending on who they get in the transfer portal – he is a guy that could potentially start and play 20, 25 minutes a game for Ohio State next year as a freshman, maybe average 9, 10 points a game in the Big Ten. I think that is a possibility for Devin Rowe because he can score the basketball, there's no doubt. You ask me what I think about next year, you've got obviously Bruce Thornton at the one. And having an established point guard who's been through the wars now, your possessions are going to be so much better. I presume that Bryce Sensabaugh is gone to the NBA. CBS, Gary Parish had him as the number 11 pick in the NBA draft. I think that that, you know, if he goes to the combines and everything and his workouts, if his knee is okay, if that's what's bothered him, his knee, we'll see if he can do the workouts. But I presume he's gone. Roddy Gale, this is what I heard. He started doing extra workouts on the side in February to – continue to work on his shooting and what we saw in the big 10 tournament could be what we might get out of Roddy Gale going forward at the two guard position. I'm not saying he's a 38 minute a game guy. I think you're going to need more help there. Uh, Tyson Chapman coming in true freshman. He's a combo guard could play one or two. So he'll back up both those guys, Scotty Middleton coming in. He's a two or a three. He'll back up, uh, Gale and Chapman and also help out at the three. Royal to me is a three or a four. And then Austin Parks is coming in to support Keanok Para. What you need, Dave, is you need, you know, like our friend Brad Underwood went out and got three starters from the Big 12. And I think that 
if you can go out and find a quality three or a four who's going to play 30-some minutes a game and get you 12, 13 points a game that you know and you can rely on, that's they need to go find a stud in the transfer portal. And uh, I know it didn't translate into anything in the NCAA for Illinois. And people questioned team chemistry and all this other stuff. You know, Holtman's always talked about, you know, Isaac Likely was a good fit. Sean McNeil was a good fit. Hey, how about can really go? That's what I, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for, bro. Can really go. Going to win play 27 well. games. Not going to just be happy to win 20 and get in the tournament. How about go win 27, 28, 30 games? How about that? Let's try that next year. What do you say? I think Thornton's a guy that you build around. I think I, I love what I saw out of Bruce Thornton. You deep, 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 deep in this tournament, but you got to have some dogs around him. Come on, man. It you know people are crabbing on Twitter. Some guy said Kansas State goes to the Sweet Sixteen in this coach's first year, and I got to wait around on Holtman in year seven to assemble a good team. <laughs> Bro, I get it. I'm, I, you know, Olsenberger last year went to the Sweet 16 at uh, Iowa State. They didn't follow it up this year, but uh, you know, Marquette, Shaka Smart, 29 wins. You know, on and on. Uh, Sean Miller, Xavier, although he inherited that steel guy, he he left him quite a ball team. I'll say that. But uh, yeah, I, I think people are are tired, hungry, and restless following Ohio State basketball, Dave. No question about it. Great stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. Really appreciate you getting up and doing this, Steve. Steve does great work. Thank you very much to Steve. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day.